Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, hidely hodely neighbor, Natalie Flanders here. I am, I am, I'm surprised to be doing this as early as I am. I'm surprised that I'm back doing an episode of Hello Steve O podcast. Genuinely did not think that this was going to happen. However, I think that probably most of us in the world are going through things at the moment that we would never have foreseen. The world has gone absolutely crazy is the wrong word because like we haven't gone crazy. I suppose that the events that have unfolded are crazy. And I don't think anybody can have predicted what was going to happen. That's not true. There are a few scientists. I was uh, listening to them last night and watching them on YouTube going, yeah, we said this was going to happen. So <laughs> I think there was um, lots of us out here who were just going, it's going to be fine. It's just going to be another, it's just going to be another, I don't know, another drama, something that's not going to affect us, you know. I think things happen all the time, like world disasters, like, you know, hurricanes and in in um, Central America or uh, stuff that hits the States and all that. And certainly living in Ireland, we're such a small island. Sometimes this kind of stuff happens and you just don't tend to think that's ever going to affect, affect us, you know. But there you go. I have, We've all been proven wrong. And uh, if you're not living in Ireland, you're listening to this, to this, Ireland is pretty much currently on lockdown at the moment. So yeah, I'll give you the update from Ireland. Um, as of yesterday um, at 6pm, the government officially uh, shut down all schools and government buildings, um, governmental buildings, but also, you know, places like museums and, and all that kind of stuff, public government owned stuff has been shut down as well. And uh, uh, what else? And it's been recommended that any indoor activities that are happening throughout the country, that indoor activities with 100 uh, or more people, are they recommend that they cancel them, and any outdoor activities that are going to have 500 or more people, they recommend to cancel them as well, which essentially means that there's pretty much not going to be any stand-up comedy happening. I was supposed to do a gig last night, and um, that was uh, obviously cancelled, there was a bit of tension before it was even cancelled because the promoter was going, you know, I'm happy to go ahead if you guys are happy to go ahead. And we were all kind of like, eh, <laughs> don't fucking think so. And then one of the comedians in the group goes, uh, yeah, I'm actually in isolation at the moment, lads. And we're like, what the fuck? And I'm going, I gigged with this guy the other night. I shared a microphone with him the other night. And I was like, have you been diagnosed? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, no, I haven't been diagnosed. No, it's it's uh, it's just, just a bit of a cold. It's just like, you don't joke about this shit, you know? It's strange times, man. And there's obviously people are running out to the shops and doing the panic buys and all that kind of stuff. And then there's people slating them online and blah, 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 blah. But I tell you what I'm going to do with this episode is I'm not going to make this about the, the the moaning or the negative side of all this. And it's going to be trying to, you know, chat it out a little bit and kind of see the interesting elements that are happening uh, to it. I mean, I'll be honest. From my point of view, I am kind of like, nah. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like, a, you know, Des Bishop said, the other, well, I was on his podcast yesterday, he said, it's like a snow day at school, but, you know, 
I suppose we didn't have, we probably actually, in the last couple of years, we have had snow days in Ireland where you get off school for snow. But the only thing that I can really remember is uh, the teacher strikes. I remember the teachers went on strike back when I was in secondary school. And that was great because you literally didn't know how long that was going to last for. So the teachers were not turning up to school and we were like, woo, we get to go home. And all our parents were like, for fuck's sake, will those teachers ever do a bit of fucking work? Then there was the foot and mouth thing. That was another weird one where the foot and mouth disease was also taking the world by storm. And um, I remember there being big mats where we had to rub our feet into disinfectant, not our bare feet, our shoes, into disinfectant. And um, But there was a couple of days where we had to, you know, we weren't allowed to go to school for that as well. So a few of these things have happened um, in the past, but nothing, absolutely nothing to the, the size of this. Like, of course, it's Friday the 13th. Of course it is. You have to do a special podcast on Friday the 13th because the world has gone into lockdown. Of course it's Friday the 13th. But, like, it's Friday the 13th now, and, like, Ireland is on shutdown now till the end of the month, till the 29th of March, which is apparently, what are we now, 13th? One, two. I know it wasn't three weeks. It's not three weeks. It's two and a half weeks, basically. And, um, yeah, I knew that. Fucking, anyway. Somebody was like, it's fucking three weeks yesterday. That was on, that was days, basically. Fucking three weeks. It's not three weeks. It's two and a bit. But we're on lockdown for the next two and a bit weeks, and uh, it's kind of nuts, you know? Um, so, yeah. Here I am doing this podcast, kind of going, is this what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks to keep everybody entertained? And I said as a joke yesterday that I'll do stand-up comedy on Instagram Live, and loads of you were like, yeah, do it. <laughs> so I'm going to think of something to do something a bit fun to do on the instagram stories to keep you guys entertained but there is a bit of a feeling that in me anyway that you know loads of our livelihoods are threatened by by this thing especially comics especially people who make their money from stand-up comedy you know there's definitely no gigs for the next two weeks i'm supposed to do quite an important one in in london next month not sorry not next month at the end of this kind of uh, lockdown period this two-week period but um, it's like I don't think um, I don't think I'm going to be going to London it's kind of like alright it's okay it's okay just there's a big part of me is kind of going fuck it sometimes you just have to shut down and sometimes you do have to just sit back and relax a little bit um, and I, 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 I kind of hasten to to say that flippantly because there are people dying because of this virus and it is a serious and scary thing. However, for those of us who touch wood, fingers crossed, are healthy and will be able to survive this and and um, will stay responsible and keep isolated so that nobody else gets this virus, that we don't pass this on to other people. For those of us who are in that situation, I'm kind of going, well, let's embrace this. It's a weird holiday, yes, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix. <laughs> there's a lot of books on the shelf that have not been read. There's a lot of ideas that you haven't necessarily got around to kind of writing up, and there's lots of there's lots of things to be getting on with, and it's kind of like, I imagine this is what it was like living through wars, living through the World War and stuff like that, when you're a family living in a bunker. Like some people are saying, some of the scientists are saying, look, this is only the start of it. This COVID nineteen virus. This is only they're saying, they're talking about a minimum of six months of this stuff. I don't know. Again, I'm going to try and be positive about it all. But what I'm trying to say is that if it is going to be a six months thing, well then, what kind of joy are we going to find in in living our lives at home or with our loved ones? And uh, we've already been discussing that this morning with my better half and my daughter. And my daughter was convinced, she said, we'll get a car and we'll go to the park. I'm like, I'm not renting a car. I've said this to a two-year-old. I'm like, I don't know who's been in that car. I don't know who's been coughing and sneezing in that car. I'm not renting a car, are you joking me? So I do love renting cars because, like, cost-wise, it works out well over the course of the year. Better than owning a car. But now it's like, meh. Who knows who's been in that bloody car, you know? But we'll work it out. 
We will work it out. I went downstairs this morning and I had breakfast of avocados made with Play-Doh thanks to my two-year-old. She's like, there you go, Daddy. There's your avocados. Like, who knows what I'll have for breakfast tomorrow morning, you know? That's the madness that we are in. Now, I'm going to be quick talking about this next bit because I know there's a lot of you listening, um, especially possibly uh, the lady fans of Hello Steve-O Instagram and those of you guys who come out to watch my shows who aren't necessarily fans of the football. But from my point of view, as an Arsenal fan, our manager was uh, contracted with the virus. Well, contracted with the virus? I don't think that's the way you say it. But uh, he had, it was confirmed that he had the virus last night. So, but the Premier League, it's interesting. I'm really proud of how Ireland have responded to this because Ireland have said, let's get this thing early. They've seen what's going on in Italy. And the statistics show that the earlier that you react, if you overreact to this thing, if you go on lockdown earlier, rather than when you have a load of uh, confirmed cases, if you go on lockdown earlier, then you're going to prevent the virus from spreading in your country. The UK, on the other side, Boris Johnson seems to not give a shit. And his whole leadership fucking conference to the UK is like, um, this is really bad, and uh, we're sorry to let you know that a lot of your loved ones are going to die, unfortunately. That's all he can say. Rather than doing things like the Premier League, the biggest football league in the world that generates the most money that has, over the course of a weekend, hundreds of thousands of people attending football games, he doesn't cancel it. And they didn't even talk about cancelling. They were going to go ahead and play all the football games this weekend. What, knowing that there were some players that were already in isolation because they had contracted it. And then when our manager is officially it's said that he does have the virus, then they go, oh, we're going to have an emergency meeting now tomorrow morning. It's like now they have cancelled it until April the 3rd. But it's like it's too late. It, it, it You know... This should have been done before the Prime Minister even came out and talked about that. So stuff like that is frustrating. But there is, you know, if there's a funny side to be had in all this, if you're a Liverpool fan, Liverpool have not won the league in 30 years. And this year, they are way ahead of everyone. They're going to win the league. And what's going to happen? A virus is going to cancel the Premier League. (laughs) Oh, dear. But anyway, I'm glad that they have responded I think the UK is being a bit slow because in Ireland we're in the ridiculous position that we live on this tiny island. The south is the Republic of Ireland and the north is Northern Ireland belonging to the United Kingdom. The Republic of Ireland is on complete lockdown but Northern Ireland is still carrying on as if everything's fine. There's, there's no lockdown at all at the moment. And it's ridiculous. The virus doesn't know there's a border on this island. It's going to, you know, still cross over. I actually have a gig in Belfast in two weeks and I haven't... Uh, I contacted the promoter yesterday saying, I assume this is off, and he hasn't written back, so I, th- I think he's just going ahead with the kick. But I don't know if I'll be doing it. I'll see. See what he says. See what he says. So, it is strange times, basically. We're on lockdown. Myself and the girlfriend and the daughter are kind of not leaving the house at the moment. There's no need to. We haven't panic buyed or bought. Panic buyed? <laughs> we haven't panic bought or anything like that. Um, we already had made some stews and stuff like that that we had frozen away and yeah we're in um, half decent nick anyway um, and we're worried you know if we're like uh, like I'm I'm feeling a bit tired for example uh, I haven't got a cold or any temperature or any of those symptoms but I kind of feeling a bit I'm feeling a bit drained but then again I look at the schedule and it's been pretty manic the last two weeks I've done a lot of work the last two weeks and a fair bit of travelling and so little things like that where it means, you know, gigs aren't happening. You have to, you know, stay in your house means for me personally, I'm like, well, good time to get a bit of rest, good time to recoup, good time to do some things that you're always going, oh, yeah, I need to do that. But I never do like I can still go out for a run. So there's no excuses for that. And I'm probably going to do that today. Actually, now I've said it on the podcast, I got to do it. It's good for the mental health. You can still go out for a run. Just don't go breathing on anybody when you run past them. But going out for a run is a good thing. And I'm going to try and uh, spend the next couple of weeks uh, working out a little bit, actually. I've just, I'm have just i just thinking out loud here. 
I'm not gigging and I will write, but it's going to be difficult to write when you can't. As a comedian, you write and you have your ideas, but they don't, they're not really a thing until you bring them to the stage. And I don't have a stage to bring them to at the moment, so I can just gather loads and loads of ideas for now. But in the meantime, all the health buzz that I've been talking about doing in my head for ages that I haven't been doing, I'm going to have to start doing it. So I can do, I can do, I have a kettlebell downstairs that has been used as a doorstop for the last year. Well, Stephen, start using that kettlebell for the reason you bought that kettlebell. Go and work out. Go and burn some calories. Stop eating pretzels. See, this is going to be the difficult thing for all of us, isn't it? We're all going to be locked away here at home. And we're just going to be tempted to eat chocolate and pretzels. And sure, we can't go out and do anything. Sure, I'll just have another ice cream. <laughs> and I know, man, I've been there. I bought that Magnum ice cream the other day. I'm not just talking about the, the Magnum that you get on the stick, the standard Magnum. There's a Magnum ice cream that you get in the tub now that you bring home. And it has these two dimples on the side of the carton. And it says, squeeze here. And you don't understand why it says that until you actually open the carton or the tub and the the top of layer of it's just pure a thick layer of chocolate closing the top top of it off oh so you grab those dimples on the side and you squeeze it and it just cracks open the whole thing and you realize that there's ice cream underneath the chocolate but there's also like rivets of big thick lumps of chocolate all through and by squeezing it you crack it all open and it's oh it's absolutely amazing it's delicious and you should not be eating that over the course of the next two weeks do you hear me guys you got to be eating broccoli <laughs> as much as i love I've been very bad. In 2020, my eating, very bad. I don't think I got to say this to you guys, but my local Greasy Spoon uh, closed down uh, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Maybe they knew what was coming. I don't know. But they, um, you know you're in a bad place where the owner of the place pulls you aside one day to say, Stephen, we have to have a word with you. We've been meaning to tell you for a while. And I was genuinely like sweaty, hands, nervous, because I thought, oh, my God, what's going on? They're like, we're going to close down. Sunday's our last day. We've sold the premises. He had his arm on my shoulder. <laughs> I was like, what? No, why? But that's how much I have been going to the greasy spoon that the owner has to put his hand on my shoulder like a breakup. He had tears. I'm not even joking. His eyes were watery as he was saying it because he knew he was hurting my feelings. What kind of a level of gluttony am I at? That I, How many bacon and sausage toasted sandwiches have I had slathered in brown sauce with a cup of black tea with two sugars in it? How many of those have I had that the owner of the establishment who provides me with that food needs to put his hand on my shoulder like he's breaking up with me, like he's had an affair with my girlfriend. How many of those have I had that he needs to break the news to me like that, so sensitively like that? He had to touch me. We've never touched. I didn't even know his name. He only taught me his name after that conversation. So, yeah. They closed down. They sold it, fair play to him. And I was like, oh, well, congratulations. You got a few quid for it, I'm sure. I'm sure you're happy, you bastard. <laughs> but I took that as a real sign that I'm eating way too much crap. I have been eating way too much crap in, excuse me, 2020. And um, I was actually for the first, I did it for a good six weeks, if not two months. I was intermittent fasting, and I was pretty strict about that. But um, that kind of waned away in the last couple of weeks. But I'm going to go... Uh, Get out and start being more healthy. My problem is I used to be super, super fit. Like, and I'm still, like, my level of average fitness would definitely be above the average guy. Like, I can go and run 10K now, no problem. But that's my problem, you see. I'm getting older, so that's that's just not going to stay there, you know. I used to play football at quite a high level, and uh, I played hurling as well at a high level. So I was able to, you know, run easy peasy. I did a bit of boxing as well. So I used to be super fit. Uh, and even within the football teams that I played in, I was like, I was very fit, you know. I could keep going for quite long. Great stamina. Ladies! Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a good 10 years since I've been playing that 
regularly. Like I still play at the weekends and stuff like that, but I really need to uh, start. Like I'm gonna be thirty five this year. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm in my mid thirties. I feel like I should have done more myself. You know that kind of way. But uh, yeah, thirty five. You're just not. You're not gonna keep that natural fitness and. Like, if the Edinburgh Fringe Festival goes ahead in August, which, to be honest with you, it's not looking likely. But I wouldn't mind being in a kind of good nick for that. Actually, I had a kind of a bet with Joanne McNally. Oh, yeah, it's in May. Hmm. Interesting. Um, That we were going to have, like, we're both going to try to get six packs for Edinburgh. But I think Joanne is, like, way ahead of me because I think she's, definitely skinnier in that region in the six pack region like blokes put on weight around our bellies I know for girls it's the bums and the thighs that the weight seems to go to naturally which to be honest with you is fine by me if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah if she heard me saying that now she was like what do you say in your podcast psh, psh. don't you talk about my ass and my thighs like that and I'd say I'm not talking about your ass and thighs like that I'm talking about Women in general. Oh, so you're looking at women's bums, are you? I'm like, well. Tell me this, ladies, right? We're walking down the road the other day. And there's a woman in front of us. And I may or may not have noticed her bottom um, while she was walking ahead of us. And I say us, me and my girlfriend and my daughter, to be honest with you. My daughter was in the buggy. And my girlfriend says to me, she has a lovely ass. That is the kind of bottom I would like. And I'm like, what do you say to that? I had to play all... Um, um, what, what, what bottom are we talking about? I, I don't, don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I can understand what she was saying. It was a lovely bottom. But I prefer my girlfriend's bottom. And I'm not being a sap like that. But I just like a little bit. This girl was very fit and very skinny. But she was very small. Therefore, making every part of her very small. And just kind of like... I can see that that person works very hard at their body and fair play to them. However, that and that bum looks great on them. And that's why I said to my girlfriend, yeah, that looks good on her, but it's not amazing. And it's like, I just prefer, you know, I'm stopping myself because I can hear somebody coming up the stairs. That's what's happening there. <laughs> I just prefer more natural. That's what I'm saying. Like, Something to, I think is, I don't know, was this the saying that we said in school? Something to hold on to. I, that's, I love it. I love it. And I think, ladies, just love the way you are. Oh, God. I'll just pause this one second to see who this is. Someone's, yes, one second. Well, we were joined by a very special visitor. Do you want to say hello to everybody? Yes, hello. Um, that's who was coming up the stairs, because I was saying to them uh, that they... Uh, that I was doing the podcast and I was just talking about, I wasn't talking about anything in particular, but I, I could hear somebody coming up the stairs and I was like, hmm, I wonder who that is. And then you knocked on the door and it was you. So are you doing good today? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How is your eye? Because you hurt your eye recently. Is your eye sore today? Is your eye okay? It's so broken. What's broken? This one. It's not broken. It's working. I just, it just, you have to talk into it like that. Hello. See, exactly. Do you know we're doing? We're do, do not press those buttons. We're just doing a special podcast today for people because they sent me messages on Instagram and said, "Can you do a special podcast?" Because all the schools are closed and everything. So Daddy's doing a podcast for them. Isn't that nice? Yes. Yes. And do you want to tell them what Daddy? Sorry, sorry what? That is your book. Yes. Are you going to go back downstairs? Yeah. Okay. Can I have a kiss, please? <laughs> Thank you. I love you. Bye. Oh, say bye to everybody. Bye. Good girl. Teja. There you have it now, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks. Good girl. Yeah. So, um, that's... Uh, how, how long are we in? 23 minutes into the podcast and we all, we've already had our first guest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what was I talking about? I'm not going back to that. So, <laughs> there you go. That's what happens when you're living in isolation. You just don't know what is going to happen. So, I am going to go into Instagram and see some of the questions. Because loads of you are sending... Well, there's not questions. or saying 
They're just going, yes, do the podcast. Yes, I get that. I don't know all of your names because you've got weird Instagram handles. So we've got Vidagraza here. It doesn't say your real name. So I don't I don't know who that is. So we got all sorts of stuff. So thank you very much to all your messages. Uh, for all your messages oh somebody said maybe you should temporarily revive your podcast with jenna and i think this might be from one of jenna's crazy fans from the usa looking at your instagram profile here and it's full of uh, matcha green tea brownies ginger cats uh, cups of coffee cake 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 and i think it's from chris is the person's name here well Maybe I will temporarily. I don't. I feel like I would be the asshole boyfriend if I was to call up Jen and go, "Hey, John, do another podcast." After we've just like literally gone, that's the end of it. Now it's not come back for a while. I don't know if it'll come back, but this is the end of it, Jenna. Like I literally couldn't call up Jenna now and go, uh, "Let's do another podcast." <laughs> I would feel bad, but I haven't seen Jenna since we recorded the last one. But um, by all accounts, she's in good form, no doubt. Um, that she did have a stressful day when, when we did do the last podcast so um uh but i think she's doing good i do want to call into her place of work now but it's just as again we're on lockdown so i don't know what i'll do maybe is i'll email her or send her a message and um get some book reading recommendations from jenna for the lockdown that's a good idea isn't it she's the knowledgeable one you know that guys she knows her movies and the good stuff to watch in a lockdown kind of a day so Maybe that is where I will start. Um, sorry, I'm just scrolling through. Um, oh, yes. Somebody has asked me here. Can you tell us about your life? Specifically. Specificity. <laughs> Someone can't spell specifically. <laughs> that, that is a funny spelling. From This is from Emma, I think. Emma, I don't know if we have met before. Um, but... Oh, here we go. I'm just reading, scrolling back through the uh, uh, the messages here. So Emma heard me on Des Bishop podcast, um, and oh yeah, Emma wants to see Son of a Preacher Man again. Aha, aha, aha. Um, Son of a Preacher Man was my show that my my debut uh, stand up comedy hour. Which, if you want to find out more about it, there's actually a couple of podcasts that I do talk about Son of a Preacher Man. On, I talk about it on uh, the Des Bishop podcast where he introduced it, is me. So I'm kind of like, I'm on Des's podcast on a regular basis as a regular contributor. Just got to get the content done, man. And um, so Des does interview me uh, about that show, Son of a Preacher Man. So if you, you um, want to find out more about that, it's a good episode to listen to because it's quite an interesting story. I mean, I, I find it funny saying it's an interesting story uh, because it's not that interesting to me anymore because I wrote a show about it and it's just like about the show Son of a Preacher Man is just about my life. So it's not that interesting to me. But then I realise when you listen back as a punter, it's quite the uh, unusual upbringing in Ireland um, from literally having a dad who was a preacher and uh, how I ended up in... Uh, and quite quite a funny upbringing. I grew up in a working class neighborhood and um, moved around schools a lot and ended up... I, 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 I would hasten to call myself a troublemaker. I don't think it was that bad, but um, I definitely was in trouble. <laughs> um, and ended up in my late teens with uh, drug and alcohol abuse issues. Ended up very briefly in psychiatric hospital um, and all that kind of stuff. And I make loads of jokes about it. <laughs> so that's what Son of a Preacher Man is about. Um, so Son of a Preacher Man is not coming back, right? Um, I don't think so, unless it gets revived for some reason. Because I'm in the middle of writing a new hour. Um, and it would I would say that Son of a Preacher Man is... It, most likely, there, there was a possibility of it of a happening in June. But what's happening with this year is that I'm writing a new hour Um. I was just about to say the name of it, but I'm not going to yet. I don't want to drop that yet. But I am writing a new hour, and uh, that will be in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in August. And then I'll have done that show like 30 times in Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So it'll be so shit hot that it will go on tour in Ireland in September and October. So I'm doing an autumn tour, essentially. There's a good seven, eight uh, venues already booked for that tour. Um, so, I mean, COVID-19, um, depending 
I will be uh, touring a new show uh, in 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 the autumn in Ireland. Um, and I will be doing it first in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, um, so the part of the question here is one of the questions that was sent in for today's special edition of COVID-19. Hello, Steve-O podcast was... Uh, Emma was asking, can you tell us about your life and specifically how you overcame addic- addiction? So I, I suppose I can say that, um, tell me about your, tell me about my life. It's best to listen to that episode of Des Bishop Podcast, but there's also another good conversation that I had where you can kind of listen to where I'm at now, or in, certainly in more modern times, on Eve Darcy's podcast, which is Humans Discuss Being. So if you uh, check that up on Apple Podcasts and all that kind of stuff, um, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Eve Darcy's podcast, Humans Discuss Being, episode one. I'm on episode one of that. Um, And have a good listen to that, and it'll probably give you a little bit more of a mindset of where I'm at now. Um, And, I mean, I don't think it's, like, I feel a bit weird talking myself now, because I'm literally on a microphone talking to myself. I couldn't tell you about my life. It would be weird um, because I don't know what you'd want to hear or what is exactly it is that you want to hear. But you also said how you overcame addiction. That's a very interesting one. Um, I, I'm not an expert in this field at all. And um, I personally don't consider myself um, an addict. With I'm Because I, I, when I think of addicts, cause I've, I've worked with heroin addicts uh, for years and alcoholics and stuff like that in, in previous jobs that I did. And uh, I so that's to me is like real addiction. Um, and I, I suppose I did have an d- addiction at a certain moment in time, but it hasn't stopped me later on in life being able to use drugs recreationally or um, or uh, or drink. So I do do uh, I don't I don't do drugs. Um, I haven't done drugs. I had a band when I was in my like about ten years ago, and that was probably the last time that I recreationally used drugs. I mean, I even lived in London for five years, and I didn't do. Now I'm thinking that that's. I didn't do drugs once, and there was a lot of it around. But I think that period in my life that I went through has made me like. I realize uh, that I'm a very sensitive person, so um, any stimulants, ups or downs, I'm extreme. I'm hypersensitive to those things, and I found you know when I was recreationally using drugs later in life in the band and all that kind of stuff that I wouldn't enjoy them because the highs were like really really high for me but then I'd be super super anxious about the lows because the the lows in my life as you will hear from son of a preacher man on on those interviews you know I you know I could have lost my life and um so so mental health wise I just don't like doing them like I've even I even stopped coffee there recently and I stopped it for six months and I went back on it in the last couple of weeks and I was just like ugh. I couldn't take the anxiety that caffeine was causing for me. So maybe that's maybe that's just getting older as well. Um but I don't know if I over if you'd say I overcame addiction, but um I certainly my body was addicted to the drugs I was on at the time, so stopping that was extremely um painful. Very fucking painful. Like I'm you know, I'm kind of a bit flippant about it now because in my life it was sixteen years ago, it was two thousand and four that that all happened. That was a bad year for me. But a great year for Arsenal. Isn't that ironic? We went unbeaten for a whole season. But um, uh, I just, uh, I know it sounds, it's hard to its hard to put a language on it. It's hard to explain it. But I had a number of overdoses and stuff like that. And I basically got up one morning and decided to stop doing it all. And I stopped taking the pills and I stopped taking alcohol. And I was really sick for at least three months after that. I remember having, because I worked on building sites at the time, I remember having episodes of just being like so weak and not being able to stand up, feeling like you're going to collapse a lot, um, cold sweats, stuff like that. So now I realize I was in like therapy for a year, well, for years after that. But after the first year, I admitted to the counselor what I'd been doing and he was a an addiction therapist and he worked mainly with heroin addicts and stuff like that. And he said that, well, he explained to me that I was going through cold turkey. So that was not nice. Um, but how did I stop? I don't know, because I didn't have any help, that's for sure. At that time, because nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew I was taking all those things, you know. I was kind of doing it in in my bedroom on my own as a as a teenager, and it was quite dangerous now, looking back on it in hindsight. But um, I just made a decision to stop, because I had, had attempts, and um, it just ended up in me... Uh, 
just making a decision one day to kind of, well, this isn't working, this life isn't working, this getting high and this misery that I'm I'm steeping upon myself, because I did do it to myself, wasn't working. So I just stopped. That was the starting point, was just stopping. Um, and as a lot of people have had said since then, and Eve, Eve Darcy said that in her podcast, she was like, wow, that is some mental strength to do that. And I suppose it was. I suppose it was. Um, I suppose I, I am a mentally very tough person in some aspects of life. Like when I decide to do something, I will do it. Um, but yeah, I don't consider myself. I did come out the other side, and I think addiction has a lot to do with the society that you're in. And because I did this on my own, um, I wasn't surrounded by a load of people doing stuff, so I wasn't addicted to the society that was around me. If that makes any sense. And, um, yeah, I just, I just wasn't happy where I was, so I just kind of tried to go the opposite way, and I just knuckled down to stuff, and Jesus, life was not easy after that, that's not, you know, especially, like, because I, I stopped drinking alcohol at, like, I think it was 19, or maybe even 18, so I've been getting high and drunk for many years, but between the ages of 12 and 18, essentially, so I stopped at 18, which is when everybody starts, you know, and that was difficult, because, you know, I, 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 was, I had worked myself to a point where I was able to get a car and I was working in a job. And I, I, I got to be doing good for myself. I was playing League of Ireland football. But I remember being out on social occasions and not drinking and people just fucking getting really angry about the fact. Like, that's Ireland for you. Getting angry about the fact that I didn't drink alcohol. And people spiking me. Like, I had driven to the night out and people would spike me just to try and get me drunk just to see what would happen. And uh, that, was, that, that, that stuff was diff- difficult people didn't appreciate it but then also i can't go well you know i had uh you know i nearly died last year because of blah blah you know the space doesn't exist for that and there was nobody walking me through all that stuff so it was difficult um but i did get out the other side of it and uh i grew up in a lot of ways very very quickly um and it was very very lonely but Anyway, I kind of feel like I, I'm, I should do so, son of a preacher man for you to understand it. But genuinely, um, if you listen to uh, the interview with me on Des Bishop's podcast, you'll you'll kind of get it. It's very complicated. And Des is very good in that interview because he knows what it's like to be the outsider. So he understands the kind of social dynamics of everything that was going on. And, um, you know, he gets some interesting... Uh, points of view on it and all that kind of stuff so there you go um i don't consider myself an addict because i do drink and i can uh drink I, if i if and i'm probably if i'm addicted to anything it's fucking right now in my life it's, it's junk food oh it's disgusting um so oh elva trill has just messaged she said she, oh yeah elva wanted another podcast yeah <clears throat> sorry is she commenting here oh Oh, she's coming to somebody else's. Uh, sorry. So Elva Trill was on the podcast. Uh, they had they they her band The City and Us launched their new EP there last month. So check them out on uh, Spotify. Great tune. Check out The City and Us on Spotify. And Elva Trill was on Hello Steve podcast. Brilliant episode. Really good uh, pal of mine. We were in acting and stuff like that together, and we both. Oh, excuse me. Still are, I suppose, kind of involved in acting, but we're in in, in separate ways and different ways. Um. And she's still in the music scene. We didn't talk about music at all, but uh, I do miss the old music. I do miss the band. Well, I had a band very briefly once. and uh, So anyway, check out The City and Us, Elva Trill. And somebody, is, so she's commenting on somebody else's comment. So, so, so I said I would do the podcast because of the requests. And then someone said, yes to this. I was trying to find a way to ask you to do a once-off podcast to get us through without sounding demanding. So I'll just jump on this person's uh, suggestion instead. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Genuinely um, delighted that you guys all enjoyed the podcast. And message more, you see. Well, the thing is, I finished up the podcast and... And there's a few like, oh, no, you're not doing that. Blah, blah, blah. Bit of moaning here and there. And now when I say I'm doing a once-off, everyone's messaging. So the lesson to be learned is message more and I'll and um, I'll do more. Uh, just clapping. They're just clapping. <laughs> um, Lisa. Oh, yeah. So Lisa is the one who was kind of Lisa, Lisa O'Connor. Shout out to Lisa O'Connor because she's the only person that actually uses her real name. Oh, Kate Trainer! Shout out to Kate Trainer, and to Kira One, I think as well. Um, so I'm glad you're enjoying all the Instagram stories and all that kind of stuff as well. 
Um, I'm going to try and uh, think up some funny ways. I might f- write a funny song or something like that. But I'm just going to try and find some funny ways to keep you guys entertained and smiling and all that kind of stuff. This is what is important because kind of to tie it together with the the thoughts on on you know what I was talking about there about addiction and how I got through stuff in the past. It kind of feels like we are all in that kind of a situation now where it's, you know, it is a difficult time and we do have to be positive about it. And I know that sounds trashy and shitty, but you do have to kind of um, be positive, but also I think take one day at a time. My girlfriend said that to me and I thought that was brilliant, you know, just it's one day at a time. Like I like they are saying that this could last for six months. So therefore, with something like that, you just go, okay, well, let's just deal with today. Let's make the most of today. And not, and not worry about tomorrow. Who said that? Jesus. That's right. Jesus of the Bible. Good fella he was. Um, uh, even though I take the piss out of him on stage all the time. I don't take the piss out of you, Jesus, actually. Don't be getting shitty with me. I'm taking the piss out of people's perception of you. Okay? I don't believe that you had a six-pack. Therefore, why do you have a six-pack on the crucifix? I don't believe you're a gym guy. I don't believe you're that kind of guy. Okay? You weren't doing... You don't do sit-ups, you know. You weren't on the paleo diet. Anyway, sorry about him. But don't be worrying about tomorrow. Do your sit-ups like Jesus was, allegedly. Do your kettlebells. And take one day at a time. Because when I was going through that shitty stuff back in the day, you kind of do learn to take one day at a time. And you learn to be nice to yourself. Because we're all a bit vulnerable in a position like this. We're all a bit like, I don't know what's going to happen. Some of us are worrying about money, where's the income going to come from, where are we going to pay our rent, all that stuff, completely understandable, how and ever. By doing stuff like this, by going, Steve, I'll do us a podcast there, will you put us in a good mood, or, you know, me talking back to you, that's the kind of stuff that'll keep us going, you know, being positive, chatting to each other, giving a bit of L-O-V-E, and, and the old L-O-V-E comes in tiny little ways, like just going, you know. Have a nice day to somebody. I've been saying that a lot recently to people in shops. And I know it's really American. But when you say thanks very much, have a good evening or have a good day or whatever like that, they all smile. The person behind the till has been bored off their bloody face all day just going beep, beep, beep. And you say have a nice day and they smile. So there's little things like that that we can be doing, you know. I tell you what could keep you entertained is also is this is what my world is going to be. Like, I, I'm looking at my wall that is covered in different colored of post-its, which are ideas to put into the new show. So some of these post-its, they come in three colors, luminous pink, luminous orange, and luminous yellow. And these post-its just get scribbled on with it. <gasps> Excuse me, a Sharpie. Um, That was rude, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, With a Sharpie when I have an idea. So here's some of the ideas. Like, one's like, <laughs> I haven't made this work into a joke, but it's like, my therapist taught me to take one one day at a time, because she was saying, like, look at your daughter, for example. She takes one day at a time. She's not worried about the next day. When your daughter is running around, she falls over. She gets up and she keeps going. She doesn't get up and go, oh, my God, I fell over. That's such a bad person. What if I fall over again? What if, what if this happens? What if that? She doesn't do that. And there's a lot to be learned from that. And then obviously I tried to turn turn into comedic things like, yeah, my daughter doesn't care what other people think of her. She's not being worried about tomorrow. She doesn't care. Dogs don't care either, do they? They just lick their balls wherever they want. They just go, I'm going to have a lick of my balls. And they're not worried about what anyone else thinks of that. They're not worried about their what their breath smells like after they've been licking their balls. They're not going, <laughs> have you, sorry, have you got a chewing gum there? I was just licking my balls, but my, you know. So that's one thing that's written on the post-its of my bedroom wall. What else is there that I can give you? I don't want to give it all to you because some of, my go, some of it might go on the show. Yeah, well, I wrote a note saying, when I sulk, I eat sweets, and that's true. I sit in bed eating crisps. <laughs> um, My dad's temper when camping. That was so good. My God. We used to have any money, and we used to have to borrow everything to go on holidays. And we used to go into campsites in Ireland. So dad had to borrow the trailer. He had to borrow a canoe. He had to borrow a tent. He had to borrow everything. And we had this shitty 1992 Volkswagen Polo. It was tiny. 
And these Germans, I'll never forget pulling up to this campsite and these Germans were like, oh my God, Zipola is amazing because this tiny little car had five people and a dog in it, a canoe on the top, a huge massive trailer on the back. And that, we were like, we were like the fucking, what was the name of the, Be- the Beverly Hillbillies? Ah, pulling into a campsite in Clare or Kilkenny or whatever. But then my dad would have to start putting the tent together. My mom was never very helpful. She's like, do, do you want me to help, Sean? No, Anna, I know what I'm doing. And, you know, obviously the fucking bar will fall down here or there on his head and he just you lose his shit. Like recently he was trying to, my poor Nana passed away a couple of years ago and she was living with my mom and dad in their apartment. And she wasn't even get, living in there that long. She had just moved in and then she passed away like a month or maybe not even a month after having moved in with my parents so they had put in a uh, her big double bed in there but when she moved uh when she passed away sorry they were like okay let's just put the the normal guest bed back in there so my dad's trying to take apart the bed on his own but it's a big old frame of a thing it's quite heavy it's like an oak bed so he has the frame stacked up on books and stuff like that so he can unscrew this bit so it doesn't just all drop and fall all over the place but some of the screws you can only reach by going underneath them like a car like like a mechanic sliding underneath a car and then he calls my mom and says can you come in here and uh, hold this beam for a second while while I uh, take this one apart she isn't paying attention. A fucking beam falls on my dad's forehead. And I obviously knock at the door at the same time. And I can just hear like, going, I'm sorry. Don't shout at me like that. Like she gets defensive and upset because he shouted at her. But she's missing the fact that she dropped a fucking the beam off a fucking oak double bed on his head. <laughs> and she's the one who's crying. <laughs> but that's love, isn't it? That's a relationship. I also have another note here that says, the angrier she gets, the better the sex. (laughs) That's my brain, ladies and gentlemen. That is my brain. Love is like a pair of stilettos. Yeah, I like that one. So there you go. That's the kind of stuff that goes on in my head. I've got a whiteboard in front of me that, you know, I try and scribble out thoughts or, you know, ideas and word processes and stuff like that. And then, you know, my daughter likes to come in and pretend that she's working on it and she draws all over it. Um, so that's covered in mess. And then my desk is covered in uh, two big, like, they're big, thick folders. I'm actually, pr- they're the kind of ones that you would have seen in the principal's office, you know, back in the day. But mine are just full of jokes and shitty ideas and stuff like that. And then the, then there's my desk that I bought, uh, in fr- uh, I bought from a Jewish guy in Holloway Road in London. He was cool. It was like an antique shop. I carried it home to my par- uh, Drayton Park home. And I've brought it, I, I moved, I moved twice with that. Did I move house twice with that? And then brought it back to Dublin. So I'm delighted to still have it here. Because it's the perfect size to fit in a in a small room like this. In a small house. And I've got my wall calendar. And then just around my desk I've got drawings that my daughter has done for me. One is of a cool peacock and glued feathers onto it as well. And one is a happy Father's Day card. Um, and one is just like a drawing that I really like that she did. She's, she's a cool little drawer. So that's it. I think that's it for today. Like, if you've enjoyed the podcast, just because, like, I genuinely wasn't going to bring it back, and I am working on other projects. Um, I was hoping to... Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I was shooting another pilot for another podcast, another collaboration that I, I, I wanted to do with somebody else, and um, we've got a good team on board for it. Um, but we just... You know, it's the, it's the early stages of it, and we weren't going to release it until it was, you know, good and ready to go. So... Um, that's kind of it's still in that point but i'm delighted to kind of be able to make this one for you still so if you have any feedback or anything you'd like me to do in the next couple of days just by i usually wouldn't say that but just by nature of the fact that we're all gonna we're all kind of just sitting here kind of you know i'm gonna be at home i'm gonna be here so i might as well make something um so yeah shout out to me on instagram at hello steve um i don't have gigs coming up <laughs> I have no gigs to tell you that are coming up because it looks like they're all getting cancelled at the moment. So I'm just, yeah, stay safe and um, look after yourselves and each other, as Jerry Springer says. And um, yeah, send me a message on uh, on Instagram at HelloStevo. I'll get to working on some silly sketches and stuff like that to keep you all going. Um, I am doing a tour in the autumn. I know loads of people from Clonmel have been on to me. Going, when are you coming to Clamel? When are you coming to Clamel? I've genuinely tried to make that happen. I don't know if it can happen. Um, and that's not my fault. I'll put it, we'll put, I'll, I'll put it to you that way. 
that is not my fault. But it does seem difficult to get somebody in Clamel to make it happen with regards to the venue. So if anyone is listening in Clamel, um, and you know of uh, a way to make it happen, it's not down to the venue. It's well, it's it's down to the it's down to. Uh, it's fucking down to business. It's down to not my job, basically. And it's not my agent's fault either. So we would love to make Clonmel happen because we did have such great fun when I was down there with Des Bishop. So um, if anyone knows how to make Clonmel happen, do let me know. Um, but Limerick is going to happen. Uh, Cork is going to happen. At least one date in Dublin is going to happen. Uh, Ratoth, Ashburn. Um, yeah, loads of possibly Newbridge. Like... Yeah, there's quite a few are definitely happening. So, um, And I'm also going to be doing some shows with Neil Delamere in the autumn and winter as well. So looking forward to that. But before, I mean, that's miles away. That is fucking ages away. Like hopefully all the festivals still happen. I'll be down at Kilkenny Cat Laughs. I'll be at the Vodafone Comedy Festival. I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival if all these things go ahead. Anyway. Um, yeah, look after yourselves. Stay positive. I hope this was an interesting enough chat for you guys. I don't. I haven't always done the Hello Steve-O podcast on my own, but um, I do enjoy doing it like this. But if there's anything you'd like me to chat about, thank you to my daughter, who's a very special guest on today's show as well. And um, yeah, send yeah, message me chats uh, on the old Instagram. I'm just having one final check. Yeah, there's nothing else there. Let's see uh, where. Look, there's the comedy crunch is fucking closing down as well. Um. So, let's just check. One more check on the news to see where we're at. The news is Twitter these days, isn't it? Let's just see. One final. What's happening? Yeah, the comedy crunch is closing. Oh, some people are saying the Edinburgh Fringe could happen in London. Yeah, that's a very London thing to say. No, that's it. It seems to all be, yeah, football's cancelled. Yeah, there you go. Eleanor Tiernan, that's very funny. On the plus side, our 2020 tax returns are going to be completed real fast. That is true, Eleanor, that is true. Look at, look after yourselves. It was a pleasure to do this for you. Keep in touch, send me a message, and I will chat to you all soon. Much love. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.